Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for all of these students, um, for all of these leaders, for this, just this, this time, um, this moment here, even now, this morning, that you've brought us all here together for a reason and for a purpose. We love you, and we pray that you would give us ears to hear. Um, it's in your name we pray all these things. Amen. All right, so last week, last week we started a new series called Us, um, and we are looking at the importance of, we're looking at the importance of community, and why community is biblical, and also why it's important. Um, and so I'm excited for us to dig into scripture this morning. We are going to be in the book of Deuteronomy. I know, you're just like, Deuteronomy, what's in there? Um, a lot of us, that's not like the first place that we go to when we say, hey, I'd like to read my Bible today. What should I read? Deuteronomy sounds great. Um, that's not something that's not like a, I feel like if we any, if anybody goes anywhere, it's like I'm going to read the Gospels or maybe I'll jump in the New Testament. So we're going to jump Old Testament today and we're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter um, 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verses 6 through 8. Um, and that's going to be our, our first main passage. So if you guys remember what we talked about last week, we, we started off by saying that groups of people have been designed by God, and it is, it is good, right? We looked at Adam, um, who has an awesome name, um, and, and how he was created at the very beginning of time. Um, when God made the world, he, he put Adam in the garden, um, and Adam said, man, I, man, it, it, I, need, I need some help. Um, God looked at him and said, it's not good that Adam is alone. And so he, he provides Eve. He creates Eve. And so now there's man and woman working together um, towards God's purposes, um, towards subduing the earth, towards working the ground, helping the garden that they've been placed in, um, and, and then multiplying uh, and bringing even more people into this, um, into this world. And so it's this cool thing that God creates groups for a couple purposes that we looked at last, last week. Um, one is so that we can share responsibilities, um, that we can share in God's, God's work that he's given us. Um, two is accountability. Um, so that way we can hold one another accountable um, as, as we go about life together. Um, and then the third thing is that he creates groups to grow. Um, he creates groups to expand and to grow. He doesn't say, hey, Adam and Eve, it's just you guys, um, and that's it. hope you guys have a great life. Um, that's it. No, he gives them the opportunity to multiply and to, and to add people to their group. It happened to be their children. Um, but as we see, not just with Adam and Eve, but we also looked at Abraham and how he was formed into a nation. It was not just for the purpose of, hey, I'm going to bless your children. I'm going to bless this group of people just so that you can say like, haha, God blesses me and not you. Um, I'm special. That's not the purpose of, of why God has created his people or that group. Um, he said, I have created you to be a blessing to all nations. It was through that group of people, through Abraham's family, that God said, I am going to bless the nations. And it's through that family that God was going about to redeem and start his plan of redemption for the entire world because Adam and Eve, the beginning, right? God creates the world perfect and good and sin enters the world through Adam and they, they screwed it up. The world is broken and, and, and fractured and now God begins to enact his plan of redemption and restoring the things that have been broken. And so we see God's people created um, in Genesis 12, and now in Deuteronomy, we're like, we're kind of fast-forwarding the timeline by like five, six, seven hundred years now um, down the line. Um, God's people, Abraham's family, ended up uh, in the land of Egypt, 
which is far away from us. Um, but Egypt, right, pyramids, all that good stuff, deserts, they're over there. And, uh, and they ended up in slavery for 400 years. And so God's people are in slavery, right? This guy Moses comes in. He leads God's people out of exile and slavery. And he, and he, he begins this journey towards the promised land. Even in the midst of, of God rescuing his people out of that, then there's this moment where God's people begin to complain and grumble and, and argue and, and all of these things. Um, and now he's led them through the desert and they're getting ready to finally enter into this promised land. And that's where Deuteronomy, the, the book of Deuteronomy is literally Moses standing on this mountain as they're getting ready to enter the promised land and saying, hey, Let's remember all of the things that God has taught us. Let's remember what God has shown us over the past 100 years, 400 years, that his goodness and all these things and his laws that he gave to us so that we can follow him. Let's remember these things. And so in Deuteronomy um, chapter 7, this is actually the chapter right after um, what we know as the great commandment, right? Moses, so just really fast in 6, um, he says in, in verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These words that I command today shall be on your heart. So this is in the midst of this kind of big, like Deuteronomy is basically Moses giving one big speech um, to the nation of Israel. And so we fast forward um, one chapter into, into chapter 7, verse 6. And so he wants to remind them of who they are. And so here's what it says. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God, the Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all of the peoples who are on the face of the earth. Now stop right there. That's awesome. Like think about that. The God of the universe who created you, who's created everything, like you have been chosen to be a people for his treasured possession. Like, think about things that you treasure. Think, think about things in your life that you hold dearly to. Um, I think a lot of the times when I say that, it quickly goes to um, maybe something physical. Like, I think if I was uh, a sixth grade boy, my treasured, most treasured possession would probably be, like, my Xbox or, like, my PlayStation or something like that. Um, like, and I would, like, it's, you think about a treasured possession in this way. It would, like, physically hurt you to lose this thing. Like, where it's just like, oh, like if this thing was gone, you'd be like, what do I do? How do I function? Like, and it, like you, you prize this thing, you take care of it. I remember, um, okay, so, so stay with me here. Whenever I was, um, I believe it was the fourth grade, fourth or fifth grade, um, for Christmas, I came down the stairs on Christmas morning, um, and, and my family, we, we, we get together, and we open presents all together, kind of one at a time, and I remember, like, peeling back this wrapping paper, um, and behind the wrapping paper was this thing called a Game Boy Color, all right? Um, and, like, right now, it's like, you guys don't even know how crazy that was, because everything before that was all black and white, like a Game Boy, like with colors on it. It was just like, this was mind-blowing technology, that it was just like, oh my goodness, there's color on my screen, this is crazy. Um, and you, it, like it didn't even have a light behind it, the only way that you could play it in the dark was if you sat under a lamp. Like, you guys don't even understand, all right, that how crazy this is. Um, and so I was so excited, um, I got the, I got the Game Boy Color, and I got I got Pokemon, um, Pokemon Gold, all right? 
This was, I was like in the fourth grade, and this was the best game of all time as a fourth grader. Um, and I remember like that was my like treasured possession. Like this thing was, I, I kept it clean. I remember like every morning before I would try to play it, I would make sure that I, I cleaned the screen and I would I'd wipe it off and I'd make sure that all the buttons, like I wouldn't, I didn't, anything else, like as a fourth grade boy, I would just eat and get gross and touch things and like make messes. But like with this Game Boy, I was like, I need to make sure my hands are washed. Like I need, I don't want to get anything greasy or dirty. Like I need to make sure that this is, like I treasured this thing. Like this was my treasure and I took care of it and I didn't want to lose it. And I was like, if anything were to happen to this, I would be heartbroken. And I treasured that thing, probably a little too much. Um, but this is, this is the same way that God looks at his people and he's like, I care for these people. These are my people. He makes sure that they're, that they're doing, like, he calls them to himself and he says, these are my people. Like it is his treasured possession. He looks after them. He cares for them. Um, even in the face of them rejecting him and not even following his commandments, he is patient with them. He continues to bless them and lead them into the land even after they complain and argue and are like, you know what? Maybe this whole God thing is stupid and we would just rather be slaves in Egypt. Like maybe that would be better. And, and God through the midst of that says, no, these are my people. And I want to continue to call them to myself. So he says, out of all the peoples, Moses is saying this, out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth, we'll go to the next one, verse 7. Here's the, here's the kicker. Here's the best part. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you. So he, it's not because you were the biggest group. It's not because you were the biggest. right? For you were the fewest of all peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He says, he reminds them, he says, this is not because you were the biggest or the best or the most willing to listen to me or like, he says, it is because of my love for you. And keeping my promise that I made to Abraham all the way back in Genesis, that I continue to keep you safe and care for you and call you to myself. Like Moses has to remind these people that it's not because that they have something special to offer that God said, man, I need these people on my team. Like, wow, man, Adam, he can do a lot of really cool stuff, and I need to make sure that I draft that guy, that I pull him in, because if I don't have him working for me, man, things are just going to go wrong. Man, if I, don't, if I don't get Angel on my team because of all the things that she offers, if I don't do that, man, I'm, gonna, I'm missing out. Man, if I don't get Brooke on my team, man, I'm going to miss out. I, like, there's something about her. No. God looks at his people that he's called to himself. He says, I've chosen you because I love you. Not because of what you have to bring to the table. Because in all honesty, what we have to bring to the table of God is nothing except for our sin. Um, and in the midst of that, God looks at sin and he, and he hates sin. But even so, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, which allows us to become a part of God's people. And so this is, this is the message that Moses preaches to these people. He says, it is out of God's love for you 
that he has rescued you and he has brought you out of slavery. And so fast forward now with me. Jump over in your Bibles. We're going to flip all the way over to the New Testament into the book of 2 Peter. Or maybe 1 Peter. 1 Peter, that's what it is. 1 Peter, sorry. It's 1 Peter chapter 2. So that's in the New Testament. If you go past Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, if you go past all the Gospels, um, it is going to be actually towards the back of the New Testament. It's really small. It's only also a couple pages. You'll hit Hebrews, James, and then 1 Peter. It's very small. It's only, yeah, five chapters. It's like two pages in my Bible. It's easy to miss it. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. All right, so now fast forward. Old Testament, you've got, you got Moses standing there talking about the chosen people of God. And then even with that, the promise that God laid before Abraham of, hey, I'm calling you my people, not because you're special, but because I love you. And also, it's not just going to be a thing where you say, hey, I'm special and you're not. So uh, this is my thing and you guys just stay away. Remember, God says, I'm making you my people, what? So that you can bless all nations. The goal is to multiply and to continue to bring people into this group of God's people. And we see that all through the Old Testament. And then as Jesus comes, right, God's son, he begins to, to pronounce and proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand. And he starts telling these people, he's like, man, there is a change coming. There is a change coming where with my death and resurrection, the things that we've been waiting for, this, this redemption and restoration of the world that we've been waiting for is coming. It is here. It's happening. And so now... No longer are God's people simply this, this, this group of people from this one family, right? Because it was never even designed to be that. But God offers us, all of us, a chance to become children of God. We've been talking about this the last couple of weeks. The interns spoke to this, that you have a chance to be a child of God. That means that you are part of his people, and the way that we do that is by believing that Jesus is who he says that he is. There's not boxes that you have to check or it's not, uh, I need to make sure that I'm at church every single week. It's not, hey, that I do my good deeds for this week. Like that's not, that's not, how, it op- that's not how God operates. To be a part of this group simply means understanding that a man named Jesus lived over 2,000 years ago for real. He lived he was, he was killed, and then he rose from the grave. And it's you saying, you know what? I believe that. I believe that Jesus died for me and for my sin so that I have a chance at life with him, a, a chance at life to the full. Believing in Jesus means that believing who he says he was, which he, he said, I, I'm the son of God. Right? No, not many people walk around and go, I'm the son of God. Right? Because it's like, there's like a news report on those people that are like, another crazy person is on the news tonight. They're saying that they're son of God. Like, nobody does that. Except for Jesus, who is for real. It's legit. And so, believing in Jesus, that he is who he says he is, allows us the, the opportunity to become children of God. And he may be calling you to that this morning, this very morning. 
Think through that. Process that. I want nothing more than for you guys to be a part of this. So, so flip back one, one slide. So we're going to start here in verse 9. Here we go. Now this is Peter, an apostle. He's writing, he's writing to the church, reminding them of who they are. He says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So again, he says, it's not just, hey, you're a people because you're special. He says, there is a purpose in being a part of God's people. There is purpose in that. Like we've been called into this. We have been given the honor of being called children of God, that we are his people so that we can tell everybody else of what Jesus has done for us so that we can proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his light. And I know that there are those of you in here who have experienced that. That's a lot of us in here. Is it you though? Verse 10, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Go to verse 11. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. That's a big word, sojourners. Right? That means somebody who is, who is in a, a land that they do not belong. Like, it's like, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, they are travelers. They are, they are aliens in the land. I urge you as sojourners, people who are in a land that, that you feel strange in, and exiles, to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. He's saying, hey, you are a group of people. If you are a child of God, you are going to feel a little strange around the rest of the world. Because if you begin to look more like Jesus, the world's probably going to say, man, I don't know if I'm on board with everything that you're about. I don't know if I agree with that. And it's going to be hard. Because you guys are entering into a world, even, even as you go back to school, you guys know that if you really follow Jesus and you begin to look like him and love like him and begin to care for other people who don't know him, if you begin to live every single day with those eyes and being able to see people who need care and who are broken, who are hurting, if you would, if you would be ones to chase after those people, you know that there would be people who question you and who say, man, that's, that's a little weird. Like that kid's a little weird. Maybe even, uh, even dangerous. Man, maybe... Maybe that's dangerous. Don't even, why would you risk your, your, your reputation or why would you risk your, your spot on, on the team or why would you risk just, so, just for that one kid who's a loser or like who nobody even cares? Like they'll literally say that. And But you know in your heart, if you are following Jesus and you are chasing after him, you know that you will be labeled and put aside by many people at your school. And that's the cost of following Jesus. There is a cost. But the reward and the benefit of, of experiencing life to the full and of helping and loving people who need to hear the gospel outweighs anything that anybody could ever say or do to you. Anything. Not even close. It doesn't even compare. And he's saying here, he's telling the people, he's, he's actually writing to the church now 
Because the church, he says, it's, it's no longer, right? Paul writes, it's no longer Jew or Gentile or, like, it doesn't matter what your heritage is. Because if you believe in Jesus, you are a part of his people. Like, all of us in here who follow Jesus, we are God's people. We are his people now. He is speaking to us, to you. And he says, you know, I urge you as people, as sojourners and exiles, as people who, who are going to feel uncomfortable in this world because this is not our true home. Abstain from the passions of the flesh which, 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 which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Like, it, he, he continues on and it, it's all about living a life out in front of your friends who don't know Jesus so that they will be a part of us. There's that word again, us. We are, for those of us who follow Jesus in here, who have given their lives to him, we are God's people. Like, that's awesome. We are his children, his sons, his daughters, and we have been given purpose. And I would encourage you guys, here's my challenge for you guys today. Find your purpose this school year. Ask God to show you what do you want me to do for your kingdom this year. As I step through the doors of school, as I step through the hallways, as I walk into the locker room, how can I best be a light in a dark place? What can I do for your kingdom, God? And, and listen. Here's the cool thing you guys have a chance to change your school, your community, your people, your friends, your groups that you hang out with simply by being Jesus to them. You have a chance to love them and care for the broken people because that was, that was me once. That was you once. We, we were once not God's people, right? Scroll back to that last slide. At one point... You were not a people. Like we were at one point, those of us in the room were not a part of God's people. We were not a part of his church. We were not believers. If you think that you've been saved since the day you were born, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Once you were not his people, once you were not, but now you are, if you have accepted Jesus. Once you had not received mercy, before you accepted Jesus, you were an object of wrath. Like, you deserve God's punishment. I deserve God's punishment because I was evil. My heart was broken and needed redeemed. It needed healed. And it's because of God's love for me and for you that we have a chance to be healed and to be redeemed and to be a part of God's people. Because, man, I can tell you nothing better than the group of friends that I have that we love Jesus and we love each other and, and, and it's a community of God's people caring and encouraging one another, knowing one another, being, having good, deep friendships. Like, there's nothing better than knowing that community. And God gives us a chance to become a part of that. And this is what I want for us here in GSM Middle School. In Green Student Ministry, in the middle school room, every single Sunday, we come together as God's people. And we get to worship him. And we get to learn and hopefully be challenged and changed by his word. I hope that you guys are here not just because, and I know that some of you are, I hope that you're not just here because your parents make you come, like that they make you show up. And I know that some of you 
And even if that's the case, I'm glad you're here, man. I'm so glad you're here because there's nowhere else I think that's better for you. But I want you guys to want to be here. Like when you walk into those doors downstairs to come play Nine Square, hang out at the couches, or stand by the door and talk with your friends and say, hey man, how was your week? Hey, how, was, how did everything go this week? How was, like I, I want this to be a place that has the vision of, of knowing one another, of being God's people together, and then multiplying. That we have a vision of not just saying, man, isn't this special here? Isn't this awesome here? But that you guys would catch the vision and catch an excitement to see your friends who don't know Jesus be here and to know Jesus. Because imagine that kid that you think about, he goes to your school or she goes to your school and you look at that person and you're just like, man, if that person, if their, if their life was ever changed if instead of using their time to, to bully or to harm people or to, to speak poorly of other people, man, if God ever got a hold of their life, imagine how different our school would look. Maybe that's you. Maybe you are the one, even sitting here in this room, that you use most of your time to, to text and to Snapchat and to, and to talk with your friends, to gossip about other people. Maybe you use most of your time to take pictures of somebody who look who you like, man, that looks they're wearing something absolutely ridiculous today. I'm gonna to take a picture of that, send it to my friends, and we're gonna make fun of that person in secret. Like that is evil and wicked. Do not be that person because God wants to call you into something different. One where you would see somebody who other people are making fun of, and you would be the one to step up and say, no. That's not okay because that person has been made in the image of God and they are valuable and worthwhile. I would love to see us as GSM be the agent of change in our schools and in our communities. Like imagine if that's us. I cannot, your leaders cannot, your parents cannot be at your school all day trying to love people and, care and be Jesus. That's on you. You guys have a chance to be Jesus this school year, wherever you go, and to bring people into the community of us, to be part of God's people. I want nothing more than to see this room packed out even more than it already is to where we are so full that we've got to knock this wall down and make more room for more people because more people are coming to know Jesus so that we can worship God together as his people. Man, I'm excited right now. <laughs> and I want so badly for you guys to be the ones who respond to God's call on your life. You have a chance to do that. If you are part of God's people right now, if you have, you have accepted Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit, which is God, living inside of you. That sounds crazy. And it is. But it's the truth. And it's God who will use you to reach your friends and your family and the people that you, that you care for. And here's the fun thing too, and sometimes the hard thing. Sometimes God will call you to reach the people that you hate, that hate you. And that is hard. Because there's so many times that I have people that so easily annoy me or it's just like, you know what? I cannot deal with that another day. Like I just need to avoid that person. And that might be the person that God's like, hey, you know what? I want you to invite them to Sunday morning. I want you to invite them to come hang out at 
Ruach or Wallapalooza or whatever. Invite them. Be their friend. (laughs) Jesus says crazy things like love your enemies, even if they hate you. That's upside down and backwards, right? In our culture, if somebody hates you, it's all about, man, how can I get back at them? What can I say to them that's going to one-up them? How can I have a great comeback? What can I say as I'm looking over my shoulder, walking down the hallway, that I can get the last word in and try to say something that will cut them so deep that they go to their room and cry? Like, that's legit. Like, people, like, it's about, our culture is about that. But imagine if the people that hate you, imagine if you begin to ask them, and how can I pray for you? And you don't even have to ask them, what if you just started doing that? What if even without talking to them, you just begin to pray for them every single morning before you went to school, and you're just like, man, I pray that, I pray that this person would know you, Jesus, and would you give me a chance to show love to them today? Like, that's a crazy prayer. But I want us to be that group of people. I want that to be us. And so, you guys, we have a chance this year to impact and change the people around us. All of you. Like, from the front to the back. All of us. This is us. This is GSM. And that's what I want us to be about. That's what scripture calls us to be about. And so I pray that we would understand that we're God's people, not because we were special first, but it's because of God's love for us, that he's rescued us and now chooses to use us and allows us to be part of his plan that he set in motion from the beginning of the world. Think about that. God has a plan that has been set in motion from the very beginning of time. And it's in this plan that somewhere, like, it's this long stream of time, and we just get to jump in at this random moment and say, I'm going to be a part of this for as long as God allows me to. And he uses us, and we get to be a part of something that he has been doing since the foundation of the world. And that is amazing. So I'm excited to jump in with you guys. A chance for us to continue to encourage one another and grow closer to each other, you guys, is small groups. So we have this big group of us here. But the other thing that we offer, that sign-ups start today, are small groups. And this is something that I want you guys to think about. Because I want you, if you are thinking about small groups, I want it to be a commitment that you want to make, that you want to be a part of, to say, I want to know more about how Jesus impacts my life. I want to have a friend, a friend group um, and friends who care for me. And I want to have a group of people that I can care about, that I can be a part of and be known in, that I can take my mask off and instead of having to pretend like I'm okay and that I go to church every week and I've got all my stuff together and I know all these Bible verses and I know all this stuff, but like, man, you know what? The other day I like, I did this thing or I have this person that I like, I just like hate that kid. I don't want to be around them. What do you, what do I do? Or you want to pretend like everything's okay but you can't not hear your parents fighting in the other room. Like you can't avoid the fact that, that maybe your parents have, have been divorced or are in the process of that. You can't help the fact that maybe you've lost somebody that's been so close to you, a close friend, in even just the past six months. Like you can't, you can't help that. 
but God calls us to be a part of his people where we get to take our masks off and to be who we are and to be broken together. Because God wants to call you into a community of people who love and care for one another. That was his original design. That we'd be part of a group here that's honest with one another, that encourages each other, that prays for one another, and that we don't just get together at small group on a Wednesday or a Sunday and say, you know what, my week was great, everything was fine. I don't need any help. But that you guys would show up and be real and to say, you know what, this thing happened and I don't even know, I don't even know where I'm at in my faith this week. I don't know if the Bible's real. I don't know if, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm having doubts about this. Maybe I've got some questions about what the Bible says and, and what one of my friends said. I don't know how to, how to fit those two things together. I don't know how that works. I'm having questions about this. I want small groups to be a place where we can ask good, honest questions. And we can be real. The worst thing that you guys can do is go through three years of middle school in here, pretend that you're okay, and walk out of here not changed and not a follower of Jesus because you care so much about your image and what other people think about you that you're just going to say, yep, I go to church every week, everything's fine, my life's great, I have no problems at home, it's whatever, and you just stay closed off and, and, and invulnerable to, to people who want to love you and care for you. Don't go through life that way because you're missing out. Life to the full involves hard conversations. Be willing to jump into those this year. And so small group signups, there are, there are sign-up sheets out on the table. I would encourage you guys, as you leave, um, at the check-in table, go grab a small group sign-up paper. If you are thinking about being a part of that, go home. Talk to your parents about it. Pray about it. Say, do I want to be a part of this? And say, am I willing to commit? Am I willing to give up a game night on a Wednesday or on a Sunday night or a practice or a recital or a club thing or if my friends call me and say, hey, my friend's birthday is on Sunday night and I really want to go, like, hey, man, I committed to this. I can't go. And maybe you begin to make sacrifices because you see the value in what real community does for you and does to the church. And so I want to encourage you guys to do that today. So I'm going to get ready to pray for us and, and the band's going to come back up and we're going to worship together. And we're going to sing about God's love for us and how, how it, is, it is crazy and wild and, and pinpoint accurate. God's love is amazing and it's because of God's love that we have been saved in here. Not because of anything that I've done or you've done that makes me somehow special to God. I am special because I've been chosen by God because I'm a part of his people because we are his people so let's be his people this week and beyond Jesus we love you we thank you so much for all that you do God thank you for creating community thank you for creating us to be a part of that thank you for allowing us to be part of that thank you that you call us to be your children your people God would we would we follow you? Would we believe in you? Would we trust you even when times are tough? And would we have, would we have faith that even in the midst of, of hard situations, we have seen you come through time and time again, and would you just help us to trust you even in the midst of what might be the most difficult season or stretch of our lives? Would you help us to follow you? 
We love you. It's your name we pray. Amen. You guys can stand up. Let's worship together.